The Wellness Pathfinder takes a discovery journey along body, mind and soul. Hello, I hope that you are all well. I have dedicated three episodes to a subject that I've given the title Technology Without Feelings. So, here's episode one. There is no questioning the fact that we're living in a time where so much amazing technology has been created and is being used to detect medical problems, fix health issues and save lives. Having survived a medical scare as a baby, I know that without the equipment used at the time, I wouldn't be here today. But with all of this technology telling us what's right and what's wrong with us, are we seeing a new kind of problem that technology can't help us with? Do we rely too much on what technology tells us instead of what our body is telling us? My focus and topic looks at the work of an MRI machine, magnetic resonance imaging, a scanning procedure first used in 1977 to diagnose cancer and now used to detect many other problems or determine the severity of certain injuries. An MRI machine uses a magnetic field and radio waves to create detailed images of the body, so it also has the ability to detect inflammation. So why is it useful to be able to detect certain kinds of inflammation? Well, inflammation is a process by which the body's white blood cells and substances they produce protect us from the infection or foreign organisms such as bacteria and viruses. Inflammation is a natural and necessary occurrence in the body. However, with some conditions and diseases, the body's defence system, the immune system, falsely triggers an inflammatory response when there are no foreign invaders to fight off. Here, the body responds as if normal tissues are infected or somehow abnormal and begins to attack them, believing that they hold bacteria and virus, when in reality these tissues have nothing wrong with them. These false triggers signal attacks commonly seen in autoimmune diseases like rheumatoid arthritis, lupus, scleroderma and Parkinson's to name a few. And the problem with this is that persistent or prolonged attacks often lead to mental or physical impairment as a result of damage to the body's own tissues. Now, many doctors use MRI as the holy grail and believe that the presence of inflammation, which is the attack on the tissues as it's happening during maybe the MRI tests, is clear evidence that areas of the body are fighting something. And this visual evidence is then used to decide the course of treatment for patients. Now this way of utilising MRI can also mean that without a clear sign of inflammation, patients are not considered for some treatments that could actually improve their quality of life. I often say that MRI could just as well stand for may read insufficiently, 
and I'd like to explain why I feel this way. To do this, I'll share an earlier period of my life journey, a time leading up to me being diagnosed with multiple sclerosis. For probably 12 months before finally being diagnosed, my life remained unchanged and even though I experienced brief periods of sensory discomfort, mainly a pain in my left foot that would just appear and then disappear days later, I lived a life as I'd always done. But as episodes and symptoms became more evident, an MRI was carried out. It didn't show active inflammation, but it did show lesions, the scarring present after previous inflammatory periods. I presume that these old lesions were to do with the times when I had the visual disturbances, the headaches, the problems with my foot. But in any case, MRI did not register that my system was still in a state of inflammatory attack. Yet, my body felt otherwise. And with the general view that multiple sclerosis is incurable, I was strongly advised to start on a course of disease-modifying drugs. The basis of using these drugs was that they would reduce the number of relapses, some people call them exacerbations, that I was having that created the tissue-damaging inflammation. But I rejected this approach because my earlier life experience using regular medication for arthritis in my teens feeling constantly unwell, having terrible fatigue, rashes that would just appear, irritable bowel, and then even after all of this, still being in so much pain, taught me that the use of daily, ongoing, regular drugs harmed me more than they helped me. So I went away and started looking at what else was out there, therapies, nutrition-based help, and alternative treatments. As well as taking a, a, a greater interest in nutrition for autoimmune conditions, my research brought me to investigate an exciting and promising therapy called HSCT. HSCT stands for Hematopoietic Stem Cell Therapy, a therapy that although has the emphasis on the word stem cell, actually only uses your stem cell right at the end of the main treatment. So to begin with, the patient's own stem cells are taken and frozen away before then using chemotherapy agents to either completely or nearly completely destroy your immune system and with it the abnormal cells that play a role in the autoimmune condition. Once much of the old immune system is gone, those frozen stem cells are given back to you for the purpose of rebooting and assisting in your recovery. Now, yes, this was one of those drug-reliant therapies that I wanted to avoid, but the difference of this compared to the disease-modifying drugs that I was recommended to take earlier were quite substantial. Well, first of all, disease-modifying drugs are not a cure. They also, at the time, needed to be taken every day. The side effects were plenty and your disease progression rate remained high. With HSCT, HSCT had the potential 
to put your disease into remission. It was a one-time therapy and after having it, you generally didn't need the disease-modifying drugs. The side effects were there and they were related to the chemotherapy. So with time and the removal of the toxins from your system as you started to improve, the side effects lessened. The big thing about this treatment was that it was showing that there was a chance to regain a good quality of life. In part two, an interview originally carried out by journalist Ian Franks for Multiple Sclerosis News Today shares the next part of my three-part journey. Mm -hmm.